This is Sakif. This is Steven. Join us as we seek the dreamers and doers. Discover the extraordinary. And share the inspiring stories of people who are pursuing their passions. And chasing their dreams. Welcome to the Sakif and Steven Show. Welcome back to the Sakif and Steven Show. In today's episode, we have Duku Fore. He was born in the Uganda refugee camp, came to Australia at the age of 10, couldn't speak English at first, but now he's an international speaker representing Australia at the United Nations headquarters. Welcome to our show, Duku. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Well, maybe you can begin with you telling us something about yourself. Mm-hmm. Can you share with us your story? Mm, some, something about myself, um, one thing about me, which a lot of people know, is that I talk too much. <laughs> I, I was back back in school. I was that kid who, you know, who the teacher couldn't get to shut up. He was like, "Doko, could you please shut up in class?" It's like he, he said he would pay me to shut up, you know. And and so I was there, like, "Sir, dear, um, do you know how to make a million dollars?" He's like, "Nope." I told him, "Well, one thousand times one thousand is a million. So if you pay me one thousand dollars every time I shut up for one thousand times." I become a millionaire and then he's like can you just be quiet and do your work <laughs> <laughs> and so that is that is something that is something a lot of people know about me All right but um on my story as, as steven mentioned I, I was born in a refugee camp in uganda in a family of 10 okay and back back where i've been living there for 10 years i wasn't introduced to microwaves pizzas pies anything like that right and then when I came to Australia at the age of 10, I had a huge cultural shock because I went from a place where 99% of the people looked like me, spoke the same language, and did what I did and ate what I ate, mm-hmm. to now a place where 99% of the people don't look like me, they don't speak the same language, we don't eat the same food. And as a result, I couldn't communicate with them because I couldn't speak their language. That must have been scary at that, that, that age. It was. It really was because it's like it was this feeling of uncertainty like what what am i doing what am i doing in this country and who are these people at the same time you know it's like i was missing my other friends and families back who i knew in the refugee camp and there was just a lot of things happening at once so how, how did you get accustomed then like how, what was it like your first day at school hmm, the first the first day the first day in school i was i was confused to a lot to a certain extent because mainly because everything was so different and at the same time um being being black um there were a lot of students who wanted to you know like touch my hair feel my skin and see how everything was and the only word i knew at that time was the word yes so whenever someone asked for my name i just i was like yes but but my favorite part was um there was a cute girl her name was emily emily came and asked me out i didn't know what she was saying and I ended up saying yes, and that's how I got my girlfriend in Australia. Oh, it worked out then. It did, it did. But at the same time, because I was different and I couldn't communicate with anyone, you can imagine I was, I was a good victim for bullies. Mm. You know, mm. so there were times where I ended up getting bullied by kids who were older than me, and just different things. And I couldn't tell to the teachers because I couldn't speak their language, and at the same time, I couldn't tell the kids to stop because I couldn't communicate with them. Right, right. Well, now now you're sought after public speaker, giving speeches and everything. So something must have happened, you know. Uh, what changed? You know, how did you improve your English? And what made you steer or gear towards becoming a a public speaker? So what what changed from my early days 
was that in grade 10, actually because I was getting bullied by other kids, I ended up developing the characteristics of the bullies. And I told myself, enough is enough. Instead of being bullied, I became a bully and I started getting into trouble, a lot of fights. And when I was in grade 10, I got sent away from my school for fighting. And when that happened, you can imagine my parents were really devastated. Mm. And and being young, the worst thing I wanted to see was my parents being upset. And it was even worse when I was the reason behind it. And so for me, that was like, that was a pivot. It was a pivoting moment. Right. I told myself, you know what? I need to focus on like education. If I'm not doing it for myself, let me at least do it, do it, do it for my parents. And then I started reading the dictionary. I started improving my skills. I started yeah. improving, you know, my writing skills. And it just, it, start, it all started from there. Nice, nice. And was this also the reason why when you wanted to become a public speaker, though? Like, you wanted to inspire others. And, like, what was the catalyst for that? What, what was the catalyst for the public speaking? Yeah, for wanting to, you know, spread uh, words of motivation and uh, inspiring stories and thoughts. Where did that come from? Well, that, that mainly came from after when I finished school. I was I, ha- I have two older brothers. Um, I always relied relied on them to be the eldest, and then when when they moved to other state, I was I was left to be the oldest sibling, and I had never been you know like the oldest the oldest one before. Right. And so I didn't know how to like how what like how can I take care of my little siblings? Like what do I do? I was confused, and then I told myself I needed to find a way to you know make them focus on their dreams and their goals and their ideas. And at the same time, because I talked too much, I knew that I knew that I could never shut up. I just love talking to people. I love hearing their story, and I love sharing stories. Yeah. And wanting wanting to inspire my little siblings, and at the same time wanting to find a way to utilize my speaking, I decided, you know what? Why don't I start by inspiring my little siblings and telling them they can do they can do something, and. And from there on, I started developing the ideas. I'm like, I have some stories, uh, different life experience. Why don't I share these stories with people who they could, people who could relate to them? And if they couldn't relate to my stories, why don't I inspire them to see life from a different perspective? And with all of those things mixed together, it, they all inspired me to chase this vision of becoming a speaker. Uh, Duku, you, you mentioned that um, everyone has a unique story. Mm-hmm. If I want to become a public speaker and get my stories out there and share my story, how do I even take the first step? You know, oh, that's that's a beautiful idea. The first step I think you need to take is you need to listen. Okay. Like and that, and that, and that may be you know like that may be contradictory because you want to speak and then now I'm telling you to listen. Like if you want to become a speaker, from my experience, I listen to I listen to a lot of I talk to different individuals. So even when when I went to Hong Kong in 2015, where I met Sakiv and other amazing individuals, one of my main goals was to listen to the stories of the individuals and then see, you know, um, see how they were. Because when someone is telling their story, they get excited about it. And so when when I was watching the story, I'm like, wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. Okay, they're saying this and that and that. And then then they would ask you about your story. And then you start sharing your story. Like at first, it became, at first, I think for me, I started on a one-on-one basis and mm-hmm. and being able to talk to individuals one-on-one. From there on, I started maybe one-on-two, one-on-three, and it started growing where it feels mm-hmm. it feels like even if there's a hundred people, it feels like you're talking to each individual on a one-on-one basis. And I believe if you're actually able to 
make sure that you can listen what will happen is that you can actually you know like utilize your skills and yeah go to where you want to be nice Recent, recently you also spoke at tedx uh in sydney was it uh yes how was that oh that's, that's been quite a crowd it, it was it, it was it was really it was really a humbling opportunity just want to know like you know what did you share because i saw pictures and stuff on linkedin but wasn't getting this full story out of it okay so on on the linkedin on 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 the linkedin and on the tedx talk and um, what happened was i literally went on the stage and i was like you know what let me do something cool and let me talk about a sandwich you know <laughs> and i just I, I was like let me let me talk let me talk about a sandwich and i went up there i talked about a sandwich and the interesting thing is some people are telling me that was one of the best tedx they went to and it was like the best they was but um let me tell you why they're saying that and why you know the sandwich was so significant yeah back back in the second of may 2015 right i decided to make i started to make a spontaneous decision and before i made the decision on this day i was my energy was feeling drained i was feeling sluggish and i didn't want to go to my morning lecture at 8:30 a.m <laughs> and i think you guys know what i mean yeah. you know like you guys know those feelings Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i told myself you know what let me go on youtube and search up motivation to study mm-hmm. and after watching some of the videos i came across a video of the um, of the world renowned speaker his name is eric thomas i don't know if you know of him eric thomas yes yeah so eric was speaking to a group of which which franchise owners and which which is a company in the u.s that sells sandwiches okay and the only place you can find a which which is in the united states and at the same time in Dubai. And after watching the video, I told myself, you know what? Let me make this spontaneous decision that because today is the 2nd of May 2015, on the 2nd of May 2016, I want to eat a witch witch sandwich. Nice. I told myself I was going to do whatever it took to eat this sandwich. Mm-hmm. And that evening when I got home, I decided that I was going to do three things every single day until I ate the sandwich. The first thing was I was going to have sour with cold water every single day. until i ate the sandwich sour with the cold water yes every single day <laughs> the second thing i decided was that i wasn't going to listen to any music instead i would listen to audiobooks and motivational and motivational audios until i ate a sandwich the, the third thing i told myself was that i was going to write down reflective words describing every single day until i ate the sandwich hmm. wow and and so i started thinking of different like um as the days when and as i started having trouble with cold water like i mean it was freezing man that was um, uh, i i told myself why am i doing why am i putting myself through all of this for the sandwich but i decided i made the decision i'm going to go through it i started having trouble with cold water i started listening to audiobooks i started writing the reflective words down and as the days continued i started thinking of different ways of things i could do to make money and go to the united states or to dubai and then it a sandwich the first thing i told myself was that i was going to develop an app and it's going to make money and then in less than a year i'll fly over to the us and then it a sandwich because i was willing to actually buy a plane ticket to fly from here to the united states just to eat a sandwich that's how dedicated i was to eating that sandwich the second thing i told myself actually after telling myself what i'm going to develop an app i realized i can develop apps <laughs> the second thing i told myself was what i'm going to become a model and then i realized i'm too short to become a model <laughs> the third thing i told myself why don't i go to agriculture but agriculture was too broad why don't i write a book i can write 
when yeah, and I just start thinking of different things, things I could do, you know, so I could go and eat a sandwich. And after, like, um, after because I told you guys what led me to um to the speaking arena, um, after like just going through all of those things and then bumping into um the speaking part, I told myself, why don't I become a speaker? Yeah, you know, and inspire my little siblings at the same time, tell share stories, and maybe, maybe I can go to the U.S. and then eat the sandwich. But the problem with that was a hard speech impediment. Yeah, and then and then I remember well, my teachers told me I talk too much, mm. but I never listened to them. So in, regardless of my speech impediment, let me chase this dream of becoming a speaker. Right. And because of that, um, because I was chasing that dream, the first place I, w- I was invited to go to was the was the USLS in Hong Kong where Sakif and I and all of the amazing other people met. You know, Sakif, Sakif, you um you don't know this, but over there I was still in Hong Kong, I was having shower with cold water every single day. <laughs> oh dude, that's crazy. I made sure I took a good, you know, shower with the warm warm water. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man, I miss I miss I miss hot water. I miss hot water shower. <laughs> so in Hong Kong I was having shower with cold water every day and at the same time I was I was still insecure about the speaking, you know, I'm like, well, I started, um, mm. I did one or two local events, but I was still unsure. And so when I went there and then I, and I met Sakif and all of that amazing individuals, mm. they really encouraged me. And because of their support, when I came back, I decided to make a YouTube channel and then I started recording videos and just following my journey of becoming a speaker. And at the same time, like starting from the, starting from the, um, the ground, the ground up. And actually, what Shakif, you know how um I made the first video, right? Today's the day, and you commented. You were the first person to comment on it. Yeah. Mm. You remember that one, right? You wanna know something cool? I remember that one. Yeah. That video, my little brother and I, we made that video in our bathroom. In your bathroom. You know, because because after coming back, everyone, you guys motivated me so much. I'm like, I needed to do something. You know, I can't let everyone down. But at the same time, the camera quality sucked and you couldn't see me in the camera properly. Mm. Yeah, and so we needed professional lighting. And our bathroom had two lightings. The first one was for the normal light, like two light switches. The first one was for the normal light. The second one was for the heater light. I don't know if you guys have heater lights in Singapore. Yes, we do, we do. You, you, yep, you know, yeah. That's, yeah. So we, we, had, we had that in our bathroom and it just beamed the whole bathroom up and it seemed like, it was professional lighting for video. And we made we, we, we made a video from there. And then, like, from the support of everyone, I decided to buy a new camera, a tripod, I bought all the equipments. And we just continued making the videos. And, and just different individuals were reaching out of saying how, you know, it was inspiring them. And my local my university, um, one of the individuals who worked there ended up coming across what I was doing. And as a result, they invited me to go and represent the university in Thailand at the starting of at the starting of yes in Thailand at the starting of two thousand and sixteen because of the videos, you know because because of the videos and the thing was when I went to Hong Kong, Hong Kong was amazing. It was so beautiful. I met all of these amazing people, including including Sakif. But the problem was there was no which way in Hong Kong. There was no sandwich in Hong Kong. And and when when I came back I continued making the videos 
when I when I went to Thailand, I love Thailand. I was like sorry, Capcom, sorry, my pom to doko. I was speaking, I was speaking Thai, and the people were amazing. But guess what? The problem was there's no sandwich. <laughs> there's no sandwich. And then and then when I came back, when I came back, I decided to buy even better equipment. And and all this time I was forward. I was writing the reflective words. I was listening to audio books. And because I was speaking more often now, my speech impediment was disappearing. Yes, and, and when I came back, I was in back in Brisbane, continue making the videos. But when the second of the 2016 came, guess what? I was still in Brisbane. I still haven't eaten this sandwich. I was devastated. I told myself, I can stop, I can stop, I can actually start listening to music now. And I can stop writing the reflective words. I can't stop having sour out cold water every single day until I ate the sandwich. And so I doubled down on what I was doing, the videos, going to different places, speaking, reaching, connecting with different individuals. And slow but slowly, because my messages was getting across individuals, I was invited to represent Australia at the United Nations headquarters, New York. And and when I when I got invited, I reached out to my old high school to say they could cover my flight cost. And the principal was like, "Of course, but we would need you to come back to school and present in front of the teachers, the parents, and the students." And I was like, "Yes, let's do it." When I went back to school, um, I did. I I spoke, and everyone gave me a standing ovation. But when I went to the back of the room, the teacher that told me I talked too much came up to me, looked me in the eyes, and he was like, "Doko." You still talk too much. <laughs> me, me, me being cheeky, I was like, I know, but I'm getting paid. <laughs> yeah. No, let, let, let me, let me, let me, let me go. Let me continue. Now, being invited to represent Australia, Australia's a continent, being represented, you no, know, being invited to represent a whole continent at the United Nations headquarters, especially for a kid from a refugee camp. That's like, that's, that's, that's out of this world. That was so amazing. Like everyone was so excited for me. And I was excited for myself, but you know what I was more excited about? What's up? I was more I was more excited about the fact that I was finally going to eat a sandwich that I've been <laughs> wanting for more than a year. <laughs> and before before I went, just a couple of like a day before I went, I because it was winter in Australia, I was like, you know what? Let me pack a lot of heavy clothing. I, oh, I'm I'm a dumb person. I was like, let me pack a lot of heavy clothing because if it's winter in the year, mm-hmm. it's gonna be it's gonna be cold. And also, I also did like I found like I found that the opening and op- opening and closing time for the sandwich place on the weekdays or uh, for the wait wait, and at the same time like to see how far away it was from my ho- hotel. And now I was prepared. Mm-hmm. When I got on the plane, the plane ride was more than twenty one hours. But in twenty one hours, I didn't sleep because I told myself if I close my eyes, you know, I may find myself waking up in my bed and finding out that everything was a dream. I didn't want. I didn't want that. I, I've been wanting this sandwich for more than a year. I was going to keep awake through the plane until I ate the sandwich. When I got when I got to um, when I got to New York, to my surprise, the weather was really hot. You know, by the time I got to my hotel, it was six thirty p.m. And when I checked, I'm like, oh crap! The the witch witch closes at nine p.m. and it was and it was two hours away from my hotel. Two hours away, <laughs> and. And and I, now I had two two hours and twenty no two hours and thirty minutes to eat a sandwich and it was at uh, in that moment I threw my bag on my bed I threw everything away I got on my phone I got an Uber and when the Uber was coming you know everyone counting down the minutes I was counting down the I was looking at my watch I was counting down the second <laughs> and when when the Uber came we started driving to the sandwich place and when the Uber driver realized where we were going like 
to a song which plays two he started laughing he's like why are we going i told him i came all the way from australia to edit song he's like why what were you that's the funniest thing he told me that was the funniest thing he has ever heard and then i told him but it's not just about the language with what i do you know i inspire individuals to you know go after and chase after their dreams whatever it is you know if if it's to eat our sandwich internationally like go go chase it and i told him that you know if you have a dream it's better to achieve it when you're supposed to achieve it but if you can't achieve it when you're supposed to do it it's better to do it later than never and he was he was so inspired he was so inspired he told me you know what i'll drive you to this sandwich place we're going to eat the sandwich together and then i'll drive you two hours back for free nice. he was excited nice. i was excited we were both excited we were fine we were going to eat this sandwich and i had the sandwich as my i had it as my as my as my phone screen saver by the time um, when we had two minutes to get to the sandwich place we found that that the road we were meant to use was closed and by this time it was 8:46 p.m. i had i had 14 minutes i told myself nope nope this is not going to this is not going to stop me i've been running this place for more than a year and finally i'm not going to stop here i got out my phone and then i told the uber driver i was running for it <laughs> nice. i started running my eye oh my goodness my eye became blurry but my vision was clearer than ever i was i was jumping over hurdles like the only thing i could see in my mind was this sandwich and how i would be like biting it how I would be drinking the smoothie you know and, and then uh, as I was running when I was 200 meters away I saw I saw the building I saw the logo I'm like it's here and then the lights were still on I was so excited I doubled my speed when I was 100 meters away I was telling myself dreams do come true when I was 50 meters away and dreams do come true in New York like anything is possible when I was 25 meters this is it oh my goodness I was so excited when I was 10 meters to like 5 meters 2 minutes I closed my eye I reached for the door and guys as I pulled the door guess what no don't tell me I pulled I, I pulled the door and I pulled the door like I got pulled back the sandwich place was closed no I'm like no 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 I can't I can't accept this you know they can't they can't they can't be closed I'm 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 like just pulling the doors back and forth I'm like no I'm not going to accept this I went to the other side I tried the other door like pulling the door no what's happening like guys the the sandwich on my screen save I could see it over there I had the money you know I would like I could see it on the menu the smoothie that I wanted I could see it where was everyone you know they had they had seven more minutes to be open what's what's happening like I was just looking inside like god I need I needed to find an answer and then i walked around the whole building and on one side of the building i found i found a two sided notice board and on one side of the notice board it says that in summer break we close at 4:30 p.m. i was like wait what isn't it isn't it some no isn't it it's winter in australia isn't it supposed to no everything in australia and the us is opposite so if it's winter it's summer i came in summer break So you're telling me they were closed before my plane landed? Uh, <laughs> I was like, nope, I'm not going to accept this. I I I I I went on the other side of the notice board and guess what it says? It says on Sundays we don't open. Don't tell me you came on a Sunday, right? I came on a Sunday. Yeah. Damn. I was like I, I it was it was supposed to be Monday but that the thing was the US was behind Australia. And mm. so I I I was there on a I was there on a on a Sunday. The only day in the week that they don't open. <laughs> yeah. So in that in that in that moment I started going through the seven stages of grief. <laughs> the first stage was denial. <laughs> I, I was like why, why is this happening to me? You know 
but after after going through all of the stages and after finally reaching acceptance i started thinking at first mm-hmm. at first it was just a spontaneous decision to eat a sandwich in another country you know yeah and because of this i have been having sour with cold water for more than a year i've been writing reflective words i've listened to like like dozens of dozens of audio books like i've i've read so many books and now i'm i'm like at first it was just about me and achieving this dream but now looking at the bigger picture because of just one spontaneous decision i was like because of this now i'm not just in the us at first it was to eat a sandwich but now i'm not just here to eat a sandwich but to represent a whole continent at the united nations headquarters and and not just only that but coming from where i come from like i was born in a refugee camp everyone's dream in the refugee camp is to go to america is the land of the free home of the brave like in brisbane everyone's dream is to one day go to new york is the city that never sleeps and not only was i in the us not only was i in new york but now i was i was going to the united nations headquarters like the place where you know like leaders of the world the president of singapore like the prime minister of macau like people like nelson mandela and obama like this is where the place where the decisions which change our world are made at first it was to get a sandwich and now the sandwich place is closed but now the vision became bigger than me and when i went when i went to um, the un headquarters i started crying because like i told myself i'm not like a person like me i got sent away from my school you know like i, I just i'm not mm. supposed to be here you know i was bullied i'm not supposed to be people like me are not supposed to be here but then one of my friends pulled me on the side he's like you know why you're here i'm like why he's like you're here because you're a champion mm. you're a champion to the kids who were born in, in the refugee camps you're nice. a champion to the kids who were bullied to the people who watch your videos every single day because even though other people say they can't do it you make them believe they can yeah he left me speechless and i ended up going back to the u back to the general assembly and it was just it was so beautiful but the thing but the thing is because everything went so quick at the at the, at the u.n i didn't get another opportunity to go back and then eat a sandwich and so it has been it has been three years and for the last three years i have continued having sour with cold water because i'm not gonna stop until i achieve my dream yes um that was what that was what the ted talk was about that's that's really inspiring it's very inspiring until i eat the sandwich i mean it well i feel like it's also about the journey right like all these obstacles that you're facing and the way i look look at it is it was never really about that sandwich right mm. it was achieving that goal that dream that you have um yeah i mean you will eventually have that sandwich but <laughs> along the way like you're not giving up you know i'm, like, I'm, not, a, I'm not going to give up exactly i think that's the main message that I, that i took away and that i feel people should take away like you know if you have that goal that dream you should, that you set you should go for it you should not uh give up no matter what uh, but yeah nice it's, it's it's really inspirational dude um yeah thanks man but i i do hope you get to have this sandwich at some point i i think i, I think about it every single day with a nice smoothie on the side yes You know, I just uh, my dream is to, my dream is for them to open 24/7 because if there's another kid who wants to eat a sandwich I you know I need the can they can get there and then like I achieve that dream yeah dude well okay so I have one final question for you actually and this one's pretty broad if you can leave one message for the youths out there it can be any message but just one message what will it be what will it be Okay, so Sakae from Sakae and Steven, I don't know if anything like this has happened to you before. Like there may be something that you do a lot of time, 
and people will find it annoying about you. Mm-hmm. So for my, for example, for me, it was my speaking. Like my teachers, that was so annoying from them. Like, could you please shut up? And then for my, for my friend, like he sings, he sings too much. And then like, could you like everything he says is a song? And like, can you stop singing? Oh, for my other, like for my other friend, like he plays so like everything. He just, he's like, you know, I could have scored it this way. He's like, can you please stop talking about that? You know, like, there's something. I don't know if there's something that you do. People find it annoying about you. Like it may be programming. You may be in your room, you know, every single day. It's like, can you please get out of the computer and just come and join the family and eat? Like them, I don't know if there's something that you do and people, people find it annoying about you. And so the people who are listening to this, um, what I would say is if there's something that about you, um, don't don't actually stop doing it, continue doing it, but find a way to shift it in a way where it can be not just beneficial to you, but beneficial to the other people around you. Right. So for example, for me, like I, I never stopped talking. Like I went back to school, you know, like my my, my teachers, they got me back to school to talk. For something they told me, you know, like to 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 stop doing. Yeah, yeah. But what happened was I changed the things I talked about. I still did it too much, but I changed the things I talked about and how I how I talked about them and how I could relate them to more people. Yeah. And so my final advice is if there's something like that about you, that is something that you do too much, don't stop doing it. Safety in a way where, you know, it can become not just beneficial to you, but beneficial to the people around you and your wider community. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Duku. Thank you. If people want to reach out to you, Duku, uh, how can they do so? Mm, if you if you want to reach out to me on all of my social medias, I use the I use the tag Duku Inspires. So that is D U K U, and then the word Inspires I N S P I R E S Duku Inspires. And um, perfect. If anyone reaches out to me, I'm looking. I, I love connecting with different individuals. If you have any question. Or if you want to say thank you, or if you want us to maybe meet in the future, yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking forward to meeting up with everyone. That's very really nice of you. And connecting. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Duku, for taking your time on a Sunday, Sunday morning, and hope you have a great, great rest of the day. Thank you, Duku, for coming. Speak soon. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys.